Let's get all sorted. I'm James. And I'm Jeff. Today is the third and final part of our BrickCon 2015 interviews. We're going to talk to Jeffrey Tom about Lego CPUs, Ty Keltner about finding Lego inspiration, and Robin Slather about BrickCan. For photos and everything, uh, be sure to visit BreakingDads.com. 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 As well, be sure to rate us on iTunes if you've enjoyed the show and uh, get other people listening. So what are we going to hear about in our final interview episode today, Jeff? Well, in today's final installment, uh, we'll be talking with Jeffrey Tom about his fully functional deconstructed computers with Lego. I'm here at BrickCon 2015, and I'm talking to Jeffrey Tom, who has built, uh, I'd say he's taken the functionality of Lego to another level by building, well, I'll, I'll let him describe it. So, basically, I have two working computer cases. Uh, the first one is actually a desktop uh, computer running Windows 7. Um, the uh, second is an HP MediaSmart server that I have uh, deconstructed and built a uh, case around it as well. They're, they're gorgeous. I mean, normally I come to shows like this and I, I start to hate my own mocks, and now I hate my own computer. <laughs> and I feel like it's a disservice not having it in a, a case like this. Uh, so I guess what inspired you to take on this task? Um, well, actually, uh, about five years ago, I ordered a bunch of computer parts from off of Newegg, and completely forgot to build, you know, order a case for myself. Uh, I've been playing with Lego since I was about five years old, so I have a massive collection. So I got all my parts in, and I was looking at the parts going, crap, what am I going to put this into? And I started looking at my Legos, and looking at my parts, looking at my Legos. And I was like, well, why not? So <laughs> that's where it started from. And actually, the first case that I built was a, like a mock case where I could actually put different computers, uh, components together to test bed different things stuff back in my earlier days when I was uh, learning how to build computers you know 12 15 years ago um, so that's where it all started and it kind of just stemmed into what you know you see here now now in, in a lot of ways building a PC is like playing with Lego only with the ability to short out everything oh, absolutely. so <laughs> so what is uh, what do you find easier or more difficult is it the building the PCs or is it the building the the Lego um, at this point, it's a little bit of both because I'm trying to do different configurations with the computer components themselves. Uh, the motherboard is pretty much you know, stationary and everything attaches to it. Uh, the the uh, PSU, the power supply on the other hand, locating that can be a little bit difficult. But actually building the Legos around as I'm building the PC together, um, one, is actually kind of fascinating for me, and two, uh, really makes my imagination spark and just go to town. It is time consuming for the most part, but other than that, I do like my end result. So, Yeah, they're, uh, I, I, the people we all see them on the website, and they are amazing, is the only word for them. Uh, so it sounds like, so you've been playing with Lego since you were five, so are you one of those lucky people that just didn't have a Dark Ages, or did you have one? Okay, so... Yeah, you've been playing and collecting Lego since you were five, and uh, and now I'm even more jealous of you. Let alone your skill and the <laughs> wizardry you combine. So that's good. I like myself less, but I like you more. Thank you very much for talking with us. The photos you got of those blew my mind. Uh, 
I, I looked at them, I mean, fully functional Lego computers. I was like, uh, do those work? They look functional. That's, they're crazy. Yeah, it's, um, it, it was, they were, it did blow my mind a little because I think uh, they were good Lego builds, but then you add on that layer of, oh, this is a, you know, practical thing yeah. in a sense. <laughs> well, having to think of the logistics of like, where do I put the power supply? Mm-hmm. How, do I, like, how do I not melt all of this stuff? It's, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And, uh, and um, I think I used the word jealous like 15 times in the interview and that was my main feeling. Like yeah. as he was talking, oh, yeah. I was, cause it's, it's a moving thing like right in front of you as well with lights yeah. and movingness and and so he's talking and I'm, i was trying to listen to him yeah. but my eyes kept being dragged <laughs> down away from him towards his work oh i like that in the ending that you actually you entertained him so that was yes good. <laughs> um and the next one we have is you spoke with ty keltner who uh during this BrickCon had a gorgeous mo- uh, mega man mosaic on display uh this is jeff at BrickCon 2015 and i'm with ty keltner and uh, I would say, uh, I mean, most people here you could describe as Lego artists, uh, but your art is, I think, more specifically arty than the other art that is art. Is that the best sentence you've ever heard in the history of the world? <laughs> well, I don't even think of myself as an artist, no. so it makes sense. Um, really, when I come to BrickCon, I try and do something a little different every year. And um, I mean, really, who wants to make the same thing twice? You yeah. know? So uh, I've done castle stuff. I've done mini stuff. I've done uh, town stuff. I always wanted to make a a good mosaic. I tried to make a mosaic last year, and this year I made a larger mosaic, and all of a sudden people call me an artist. So, you know, take it as you will. Well, that's the way the art world goes, isn't it? You know, you're nothing until you've been labeled, and once you're labeled, is is this your life now? Are you going to just have to do bigger and bigger mosaics, or uh, 180 next year? Uh, You know, it'll probably be a 180. Um, I do have a couple other mosaics in mind, but those probably aren't going to be for down the line many years from now. It's good, it's good to keep everybody guessing. Uh, it's, so if you're not a person who specializes in mosaics, why did you have to do such a fantastic mosaic <laughs> as your mosaic? As someone who, uh, who likes to think I have some talent, um, you hurt me. You hurt me physically and mentally. Was that your goal? (laughs) Well, again, I don't even think of myself as a great Lego builder or an artist. So uh, all these people uh, saying, oh, you know, that's fantastic. And that's such a great job. And I I just tried to do something cool. That's it. Uh, But the the mosaic that I did is a a mosaic of Dr. Wily's Castle from Mega Man 2, the video game, which came out in 1988. And uh, a couple years ago, I saw somebody did a smaller... Zelda mosaic, and I thought that was kind of nifty, but I wanted to do something that was uh, fun and maybe semi-recognizable, at least for people my age, and I uh, settled on doing this Dr. Wily castle, and I made the proportions as one pixel to one stud, so it's quite large. It's 60 inches by 80 inches, and I had to get it here from Alaska. (laughs) So you like to challenge yourself in many ways. Uh, Yeah, it is a beautiful, large mosaic. Um, I do think hearing your answer there, is this you coming down on uh, saying that Mega Man is better than Zelda, or did you just like the colors in it, or, or why Mega Man specifically? Well, I thought about doing some of the other scenes from Mega Man. Uh, it's just one of my favorite games, Mega Man 2, and I looked at some of the color schemes for other things I was interested in, and it just wasn't going to work out. But then I found this image, and I thought, hey, I, I love that image. 
I looked at the colors and it made sense. So I thought it was doable. And thank goodness it was. I agree. It's it's uh, quite a sight to behold. Uh, so uh, Lego, obviously it's part of your life now. Uh, did you go through a dark ages uh, when you were younger? Yeah, you could say that. I, I was always really interested in Lego, even through what one would call maybe a dark ages. I still had a Lego city. I still built a little bit. But it wasn't until college that I really pursued making grandiose things. And um, it's been a lot of fun and a lot of growth since that time for me. And, you know, I've, I was introduced to BrickCon and all this stuff on the online community. And I thought, wow, this is actually a, a real movement. There are other people that are into this, too. And it's been really rewarding. Yeah. So you don't consider yourself a builder. You don't consider yourself an artist. Is it really just more the challenge of doing something new that appeals to you? Yes, absolutely. And I would advise anybody out there who is a Lego builder that wants a challenge, try building something out of Bionicle. That's virtually just like another planet. So I uh, tried that one year. And I, I, it, was, it was a real learning curve. I mean, some of the parts I'm like, I don't even know what to call this thing. Uh, but I built something, and it was cool. And then I, you know, of course, got a lot of Bionicle parts from that, and I tried to build a couple other things, and that was cool, too. So it was that challenge factor that makes you a better builder, makes you more creative, and really um, gets those juices going that transforms the way you think about things and the way you build things. Okay, well, I expect your, your next year you to bring maybe an oversized build, a standard-sized build, a mini land build and a micro build is that is that on the horizon well that's a good idea again i come from alaska and so <laughs> i have to adhere to the weight limits of alaska airlines which is uh, hazardous in itself but uh then i have to rebuild everything after alaska airlines destroys it when i get it down here so um it's all a matter of logistics for me i would love to build tons of things in every category but i need to find ways to get it to the convention itself. I don't have the advantage of being in Seattle or even on the road system, so I have to do what I can. So maybe a full-size boat that you could just drive down would be the next, I don't know. Somebody's actually done that. So I, you know, I try to do things also that people don't do. <laughs> well, excellent. I hope you keep it up for years to come. Uh, it's fun to watch. Thank you very much. He does a great job of reminding us about the physicality of setting up these shows. Yeah, the logistics are difficult, uh, and it's expensive for him to come all the way from Alaska. Uh, but we're glad he made the journey. It it just shows, uh, you know, that that extra level of dedication uh, that some of these builders possess. Yeah, I I thought it was a pain for people to drive to these things. Yes, <laughs> that's that's astounding. It did. It put my driving that I had to do in perspective. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, and for our final interview, you talked to Robin Slather, who is Canada's only Lego certified professional. All right, we're down here in BrickCon in Seattle. So, of course, we're talking BrickCan, which will be happening April 21st to 24th in Richmond, which is exciting to me. Uh, I'm talking with uh, Robin Slather, who uh, is involved. Could you tell us a little about yourself? Yes, I'm, this, we're, so, we're so excited about BrickCan. Um, I am... Uh, a Lego certified professional. So in my day job, I actually get to play with Lego all day too. I've been doing that for about 12 years. So I, I decided, you know what, it's time. The, the, all of 
the pieces were coming into play in place and all the right people were kind of collecting in the va- in the lower mainland and on the Vancouver Island, I thought, you know, we're getting started to get some heavy hitters here. Let's get a con going. And so the Vancouver Lego Club, super excited to be involved. Vic Lug, the Victoria Group, Abby Lug, the new Abbotsford Group, which I'm a part of. Uh, super f- crazy excited about getting something set started. And so that's what we're doing. We're finally mobilizing all this energy that's been brewing for the past few years. And we're going to put on a essentially BrickCon North and calling it BrickCan. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I agree. You look at the, all the Western Canadian Lego people yes. that show up at all of the cons in, uh, in big ways. And yeah, it's about time. It's definitely overdue. Uh, if people were coming to BrickCan, what would they expect to find? Well, we like to think it's BrickCon is, I mean, BrickCan is BrickCon with more A. <laughs> so it's, we're going to Canadianize it a bit. We love the aspects of BrickCon that make it very much community, make it a lot about hanging out with people outside of programmed Lego events and games and things, which we're going to do, but we're going to have a lot of Vancouver in there. Uh, we're situated at the River Rock which makes it super easy for people to jump on the train and go downtown Vancouver, go to the Lego store, go to a Toys R Us, go to any number of places. Uh, so we want to make sure it's easy for people to connect off with the friends that they don't only see once a year that they're connecting with on social media. Uh, and all the, all the neat stuff that makes BrickCon the, 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 the con that it is, we want to embody that in BrickCon as well. And then just add the Canadian flair to it. Uh, a lot of people that we talked to over the years when talking about just posing the idea of doing a con up there. Uh, you know, what would you guys think of coming up to a con in Vancouver? The first response from a lot of people is, oh, I've always wanted to go to Vancouver. So they want to see Vancouver as well, and we want to really promote that as, a, as, an, as an attraction. In fact, we've got special rates for rooms that are before Brick Can and after. So you could stay literally almost two weeks and get, a, get the special rate. Uh, so you can make a whole vacation out of it. So, yeah, you're going to see, if you like BrickCon, you're really going to like BrickCan. Right. Yeah, and uh, being in April, that's not a bad time Correct. to be in the Lower Mainland. So that's uh, pretty nice. Time. Yeah. So uh, how about a little about yourself? So you're a Lego certified professional. So when did your Dark Ages end and how, why Lego, I guess? So for me, I didn't really have a Dark Ages. I had a, a Dim Ages. You know, I never really stopped. I've got a... I got a perfect record to, uh, with Lego Christmases and birthdays and things. I never really had a time I didn't get Lego, but I was I'm uh, I'm an old man, so I was kind of in my prime pre-internet. Right. So of course I was the Lego geek in my family and my friends circles and stuff. But I really did sincerely think I was one of a handful of people in the world mm-hmm. that were like this, and so. Um, which wasn't, I wasn't proud of, but I didn't exactly flaunt it. You know, it wasn't particularly cool. When you're 14 and building and building with Lego, it's not cool back then. Now it's cool. Yeah. You guys have it so lucky now, you 14-year-olds, and can't believe it. Anyway. I, I'd like to point out I am not 14. Yeah. <laughs> I'm correct, so I didn't mean to say that that way. But uh, anyway, that's, that was me. And then, you know, the Internet came along, and it was like, oh, angels were singing, and immediately connected with people even way back on dial-up BBSs and things like that. It was, it was amazing. So it just sparked, as it did with a million different hobbies and interest groups, uh, people found each other. Uh, I was one of the first people involved with the Vancouver Lego Club way back at the turn of the millennium. Um, you know, and it just went from there. So I was basically in the club um, doing more and more Lego stuff. I'm an IT guy originally. 
So I was self-employed. I could make my own hours, do my own time. And I, I literally came to a point where uh, around 2004 when I was spending three maybe parts of four days working as an IT squid and the rest of the time I was doing Lego. And I'm starting to look at the bank account thinking, okay, something's got to give here. I got to like, start doing less Lego or I got to find a way to get paid for it. So I really wanted to do the latter. And so I actually looked around. I didn't really want to move to Denmark, although, you know, Denmark's nice and everything. Didn't really want to move to the U.S. headquarters, which is really the only game in town as far as model building and designing. So I thought, okay, what else could you do? And here I am, we're doing these events. The club would go out and do train shows and go to a library and do this thing at a school because somebody knew the teacher and someone's kids were going there. There all these little events. And I realized, you know what? There's demand for this. Some people will pay for this. So I started to do a few little events like this, just as feelers, and documented them really well. And while I was doing that, was making sure and seeing how things work and kind of honing the process, I created a white paper and presented it to Lego. And, and basically said, look, there is an army of people out here that are willing to kind of carry the Lego banner, uh, both for fun and just in the general public, but also, you know, making a living doing it and getting Lego in places, in Lego experiences and Lego fun in places that just can't afford it and places that you're never going to go. Yeah. You know, uh, Lego Canada or Lego US or Lego Denmark is never going to mount a big show and go to Kelowna. Kelowna's great, but they're yeah. just never going to do it. They're going to go to Vancouver and Calgary, maybe Edmonton and Toronto and maybe Montreal. And that's it. Yeah. That's all you're going to see. So you're not going to go to Saskatoon. They're not going to go to St. John, New Brunswick. They're not going to go to Halifax, which are big cities. You know, yeah. and they're not going to go there. So I thought, I can go there. I can gear up and create a really good Lego experience because we, as a club member, all these, everyone, if you're in a Lego club, you know the joy that kids get from just coming and seeing the stuff that you make. You guys, have, you guys hang out and they, you create a great experience. So I thought, I can do that. So I started doing that. Pitched it to Lego in 2004 and it was the perfect timing. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I called the program the Lego Ambassador Program and uh, an Ambassador Pro. I call it Ambassador and Ambassador Pro. So we now know that those programs, Lego loved it. I helped them develop it further. And so we now still have the Lego Ambassador program. It's gone through a lot of iterations and it's kind of gone different from the way I originally saw it, but that was the spark yeah. to get a lot of community involvement happening. And the, the pro side of it became the Lego Certified Professional program. And uh, we now have 15 uh, Lego Certified Professionals all over the world. I'm the only one in Canada. There's four in the US, the rest are around the world. And uh, we are essentially Lego licensees. We can buy uh, Lego brick direct from the factory at a, a discounted rate. We can use the Lego Certified Professional branding. We're a vetted resource for various Lego uh, companies and model shops and head offices. I do a lot of stuff with Lego Canada, for example. Um, and we become an extension of Lego but we're not employees. Mm -hmm. And I get to live in Abbotsford. I get to live in BC. So I, I, I really got everything I wanted. Yeah. And uh, that, that was, you know, I was 2004. So I've been an LCP now for over 10 years. Yeah, right. so that's kind of my story. Yeah. So right place, right time, and able to live your passion. Uh, I think that's, I think there's a lot of people listening who would like to go that route. And uh, do you have any advice for them? Well, I feel really blessed that to be able to do it. I, I feel very privileged to be able to do it. You know, and I, it's a job for me. I have good days, I have bad days. I have da days where I do not want to build Lego. There's no doubt about it. 
But uh, at, my advice to people is uh, life is short. You've got to find the things, determine the things that you love. That's tough for some people even to do that. You've got to sit back, find out what is it you love, what is important to you, and then chase that down. You know, at the expense of other things. We're so, our lives are so cluttered with just stuff. And I, I see the whole, um, the internet and social media in general can just be a time sucker. They can just be a, a waste of time. But there's so much good stuff there. Just hone in. Focus on the types of things you really want to see and the types of things you really want to do. And just chase down what you want. It's, it's doable. If you have a passion for something, that means you have built-in energy that's stronger than other people out there. And you're likely to push through the tough stuff to get to a point where it'll happen for you. You know, so that's what passion means. It means that you've got more drive, you've got more energy, and you can go further. So uh, that's what I always suggest to people. And it, it, life is short. You, 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 know, you don't think about it thinking, you know, well, you know, in 10 years, or I'll work for a while and I'll do this. It doesn't happen. I know so many people that have just gotten into a rut, and they don't, now they've, they've kind of lost their belief. They don't think they can do it anymore. Or they just feel so, they just feel so, disconnected from that person and I, I just like to say look just reconnect there is it's never too late but at the same time start now you know and uh, and so that's what I recommend to people all right well excellent advice and I will see you in Richmond in April for brick can very excited thank you very much Rob absolutely thank you very much brick can is going to mean a lot less driving for you uh, yes uh, it's I'm, I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am for this show. It's, yeah. it's going to be, I think, as fun as BrickCon, but like I can take public transit to it if I wanted <laughs> to. Uh, so that will be fun. Uh, and even better, um, uh, I think uh, they might have mentioned the other views, but uh, the Smurfs display, the Mouse Guard display um, are going to be there for sure, as well as a lot of the other exciting builds awesome. from this show. Um, and if you want to start your excitement over BrickCan, you can visit the official site at BrickCan.com. Yeah, how excited are you already on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, like Infinity 4? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's really, like, April can't come fast enough. Exactly. Uh, I think I speak for all of our listeners and you know, me when I say thanks for making the trip down there and bringing us all these wonderful interviews. Uh, thanks to our interview subjects. Uh, that was really gracious of them to give us uh, their time. And uh, really, that was, it was just lovely to hear all of that. Um, I hope everyone at, at home has enjoyed them as much as I have. Uh, you know, it was uh, no problem. They were, Lego people are great people. Yeah. So they were generally uh, very easy to talk to. I uh, had a lot of fun. Um, I, I will be trying to capture more interviews at Brick Can. Uh, so if you're participating in the show and you'd like to, to talk to me, um, get in contact with me at, at still sorting, or if you're going to the show or if you, uh, aren't going to the show and there's someone you would like me to talk to, um, let me know who you want to hear from yeah. and, uh, and we'll try to make it happen. That would be awesome. All right. Well, until next time I'm James and I'm still Jeff. <laughs>